What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Yeah, welcome to The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner. I hope you are doing well as we are officially in the month of November. It is crazy to see how time has been flying. But listen, I want to thank you guys so much for rocking with us here on The Faction. It really does mean the world to me. So much has been going on, and I'm just really excited to share, obviously, all that's been happening in the world of pro wrestling with you. Do me a favor for all of you who love what we're doing here at The Faction. Would you share it with about five of your friends, at least five of your friends? Let's keep moving the needle with this thing we call The Faction and keep bringing more folks here because we're having an absolutely amazing time. Shout out to all of you who are following us on the socials at The Faction Show. You are absolutely amazing. Big shouts to those of you who are subscribed to our podcast in all of the spaces that you can find us. And if you have left a comment or rating for us, that absolutely is incredible. Thank you so much. So there is a lot to get to. And as we're moving into the month of November, we are, of course, nearing the end of the year. And when we get to the end of the year, there's going to be quite a bit to talk about. But there's no shortage of things to talk about right now. Now, I want to start by talking about some of the things that happened this weekend in the world of wrestling. I want to start at SmackDown. SmackDown gave us really two giant stories that we've been looking at, and I'm not even sure what to do with both of them other than to say they are both quite amazing and they are extremely different. On one hand, you have Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. So let's just keep it 100, right? I don't think anybody thought that Sami Zayn would be as over right now as he is. Sami Zayn is gold. He and Jay Uso involved obviously in a major, major space that could cause a bit of a rift in the bloodline. But everybody's talking about that massive promo that happened with the entire bloodline in the ring where Sami Zayn did the unthinkable and caused the entire bloodline to completely lose it and break character. It was just it was just great. I, I can't say enough about it. And over 12 million people have watched it and counting. So let's just say it was a massive success. So successful until when Roman Reigns showed up on Raw last night, everybody was chanting, Usi. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Now, one of the words on the street is that this unplanned, unexpected, organic rise of Sammy Uso actually put certain plans in WWE on hold. There was initially a plan for Sammy Uso and Kevin Owens to reunite as a tag team. And there were seeds that were being dropped early on, as you would see Kevin Owens either mention Roman Reigns' name or try to persuade Sammy Uso to kind of quote-unquote come to himself and leave the bloodline and get with some friends who really love him. But WWE is being very smart. They are riding this organic wave. And who knows where this wave will take Sami Zayn and the Usos and the entire bloodline. It could even lead us to Sami Uso, which would just be phenomenal. So there's one thing that I think WWE is riding super high on. One of the other things is the unveiling of all things connected to Bray Wyatt. 
So we got another Bray Wyatt promo, which ended the show. And I just have to say this. The fact that we are so enthralled with Bray Wyatt and Bray has yet to have a match or an opponent or anybody who he's focused on is amazing. It speaks to the incredible power of Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt, in the middle of this promo that he had, the lights go dark. And once again, we hear a figure. But this time, this figure finally has a name. And the figure's name is Uncle Howdy. And now, people are trying to figure out, myself included, who is Uncle Howdy? Is Uncle Howdy a figure of the imagination of Bray Wyatt? Is Uncle Howdy an actual relative of Bray Wyatt? Is Uncle Howdy another personality of Bray Wyatt? All of these questions may get some answers this coming weekend as we found out last night that Bray Wyatt will be headed to Crown Jewel. Now, we'll get into the Crown Jewel pay-per-view in just a few minutes, but I have to say it is some pretty amazing work happening in WWE. And I'm going to say this. I know some might think I'm premature in saying this, but one of the things that made the Attitude Era work so well, and I know Brandon Clack is somewhere swearing by the power of the Attitude Era, but I don't know that he fully lands why the Attitude Era worked. It worked, obviously, because you had some prime-time talent that was doing all that they do. But on top of that, you had amazing things that we were interested in simultaneously. So it wasn't just that Triple H was talented. We were interested in what Triple H was going to be doing with DX. It wasn't just that The Undertaker was talented or Mankind was talented. We were interested in what they would be doing with each other. It wasn't just that Stone Cold and The Rock were interesting. We wanted to see what they were doing with each other. And I think we have a scenario where there are multiple points in WWE where we are finding interest. In fact, here's what I'd like to know. What is it that you're tuning into WWE to see? Hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know what is it that has your attention right now at WWE. One of the other big pieces of news coming out of SmackDown is the return of Emma. Emma, also known as Tennille Dashwood in these independent streets, made her return after a five-year absence in WWE. And she answered the open challenge from Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, to me, I thought the arrival of Emma was pretty interesting. And it was interesting on a lot of fronts. For one, I was wondering whether or not she would come back as Tennille Dashwood versus Emma. Similar to how Cody Rhodes, when he left, he was Stardust. You know, would Cody Rhodes return as Stardust or would he return as Cody Rhodes? And it made all sorts of sense for Cody Rhodes to return as Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. But would Tennille Dashwood show up or would Emma show up? I think we honestly got somewhat of a mixture between the two. We got Emma in name, but Tennille Dashwood in activity. And all of that is cool. What I do think is challenging with this one is... It did not, A, get the kind of fanfare that you would imagine. B, five years is a long time. And it became clear to me that fans were not as familiar with Emma 
or Tennille Dashwood. They had not been watching her on the indies. They may not have been paying attention to Impact. So I'm not sure if this was the right person to have a surprise return. But hey, I think time will tell. I'm also, and I've been vocal about this, I'm also not a fan of someone's first match being against a champion. Because if they lose, where else do they go? If after you've hit the ceilings, there's only one place to go and that's down. But here's what's different. What's different here is I think Emma has the opportunity to control her own narrative. Meaning this, you know, we're not always sure why superstars make returns to WWE. Some are interested in becoming champions again. Others are interested in maybe finishing out their career in a place that will give them the opportunity to be known internationally. Who knows what it is, but I do know that Emma was very emotional and very excited about her return to WWE. And in a word, she said she is home again. So shout out to Emma. I'm intrigued to see where this will go. And perhaps the biggest one of all of this is that it adds even more depth and experience to the SmackDown women's roster, a roster that could use a bit of depth at this particular point, since it seems like Monday Night Raw has most of the women that we are super interested in watching. Speaking of women, this is a great time to talk about the PWI 150. So in case you're unfamiliar, PWI, also known as Pro Wrestling Illustrated, for the last 40 years or so has been the leading publication in all of pro wrestling. And over the years, they have really evolved to really fit the needs of the wrestling community in the space and era that they are. Once known primarily for their end-of-the-year awards, they've now become really popular for their lists, whether that be the PWI 500, which looks at the top male wrestlers in the business for the last year, or there is the Tag Team 100 or the Tag Team 50, or the PWI 150, which looks exclusively at female wrestlers in the business. So this year... The PWI 150 was very interesting and in some spaces controversial. What I am going to share with you right now is the official top 10 from the PWI 150. And then after that, we'll take a break and come back to discuss that and discuss more in the world of pro wrestling. So let's go to the PWI 150 and talk about the top 10 Now, this is quite the list, and I think you will find it to be interesting, as interesting as I found it, as this list you will see in the top 10 really covers all of pro wrestling. So before I run through the top 10, let's talk about the criteria. So the criteria for this ranking includes in-ring achievement, influence, technical ability, activity, which meant 10 matches or six months of competition, breadth and quality of competition and the evaluation period was October the 1st 2021 through September the 15th 2022 that is extremely important as we are considering the top 10 of 2022 at number 10 it's Taya Valkyrie number nine from stardom it's the starlight kid Number eight, it's Charlotte Flair. At number seven, it's Saya Kamatani, also from Stardom. Number six is Jordan Grace. At number five, it's the current TBS Women's Champion, 
Jade Cargill. Number four, it's Becky Lynch. At number three, it's the current AEW Women's World Champion, and that is Thunder Rosa. Number two is the current Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, and the brand new number one wrestler in all of the world is from Stardom. Her name is Shuri. We're going to get into this, dig quite a bit, and share some more news when we come back. Attention wrestling fans, Southern Honor Wrestling returns to the Action Building Friday, November 4th for SHW 45. Don't miss another great card as Happy Madness puts their SHW Tag Team titles on the line against Jordan Kingsley and Adam Jacobs. Gunnar Miller's war with Dishonor continues as he faces bad news and tattoos Carly Bravo. Former partners collide when Chip Day and Kyle Matthews go to battle in a 30-minute Iron Man match. The working team captain Owen Knight goes one-on-one with a returning outlandish Sicky Dice. And in our main event, anything goes in a no-disqualification match for the Southern Hunter Championship as Cruel defends against the Bloodbath Behemoth Tank. Plus, the highly anticipated return of Ashton Starr's world-famous Petty Party with special guests Joe Black and Murder One. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Witness Southern Honor Wrestling live, an experience like no other. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, wow. is taking How about that? Oh. Oh. The lights are going out right here. Now. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a you, there will always be the S-H-W. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. 
All right, so there has been a lot of controversy on the socials about the PWI 150. One of those elements of controversy has been how is Bianca Belair not number one on this list? Now, she was number one last year, and given the year that she's had, once again, main eventing WrestleMania, having an extremely dominant time as Raw Women's Champion, why in the world is she not number one? Well, I want to say something, and I want to be very clear about this. I think that lists have a reason and have a purpose. And if we miss the reason and purpose of these lists, then we'll really miss what they're there to accomplish. There is no list that is exact or perfect or without question. Now, we do our best when we deal with lists to look at rankings and qualifications and the like, but we're all going to have a different opinion about things. So one of the things that I believe that lists are supposed to do is draw attention to people, to put people on your radar that you may not have been thinking about before. And if you look throughout this PWI 150, it's pretty safe to say that you may not be familiar with all 150 wrestlers. So what can happen sometimes is if we are unfamiliar with a thing, we can just dismiss it for the things with which we are familiar. But I think that's the challenge of a list like this is if you are unfamiliar, it's worth then doing the research to then see if this list was warranted and the entries were warranted. There are, I believe, four superstars on this list from the Stardom promotion. If you're unfamiliar with the Stardom promotion, it is one of the leading women's promotions in the nation of Japan. Now, when it comes to Japan, we find ourselves usually talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, but... In Japan, there are multiple organizations, including All Japan, Pro Wrestling NOAA, DDT, Stardom, New Japan, just like here in the States where there are multiple promotions, such as the case in Japan. And Stardom is a promotion that has been exclusively about and for women, and they have been producing some amazing matches. In fact, the match that happened between Shuri and Utami Hayashishida, which was the main event at Stardom Dream Queendom on December the 29th in Tokyo, Japan, is the only women's match in history to receive five stars or more from Dave Meltzer. It actually received five and a half stars. The match went 43 minutes, and many have regarded Shuri as the greatest wrestler in the world, male or female. So here's one of the cool things to do. I've had to do it, and I think it's probably a cool thing to do as well. If you see any of these names on this list that are unfamiliar to you, head over to YouTube and do a search for some of their matches or even some of the profiles on them, and you'll begin to learn some interesting things about them. I learned about Shuri that she also did MMA for a while and uh, worked actually in UFC, had a degree of success there as well, was certainly working very, very hard in the world of pro wrestling and has really put some things together to have an incredible year. So with all of that said, Take a look at the PWI 150 if you get the opportunity. Some really interesting things there. Now, I'll tell you what else I think is interesting, and I'll say this with all due respect. For as many people that were upset about that, I also found it interesting that Jade Cargill was number five on this list. There are those who might feel like that particular ranking is high for Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill, obviously, on one hand, has been very, very visible. 
She has been certainly a social media darling for AEW. Many would argue she's the most popular female in AEW. Britt Baker might argue with that. But yeah, she has been one of those people. Now, with that said, has the TBS championship been that big of a priority? I don't know. Has she had the kinds of opponents that warrant her being number five on this list? I don't know. What I do know is... She's on the list and people are talking. Not in the top 10 is Mandy Rose, which many felt like was an oversight. Mandy Rose is like number 21. And I think that that's actually a combination of a couple of things. I think it's a combination of Mandy Rose and her opponents. I think it's a combination of Mandy Rose making improvements. And I think it's also a reflection on the thought of the NXT Women's Championship during the NXT 2.0 era. Those are my thoughts, but we'll dig a little bit deeper at some point into the rest of the PWI 150, but yes, that is out there right now, and speaking of women, and we've been talking quite a bit about women, our thoughts and prayers are currently with Carmella and her family. Carmella actually opened up yesterday on Instagram to talk about why she's been away from the business. She's been away because since September, she's actually suffered both a miscarriage and an ectopic pregnancy, which is just really, really significant. So back in September, she suffered a miscarriage and then she got pregnant again, but had to be treated for an ectopic pregnancy. She actually spent 12 hours in the emergency room on Saturday after experiencing sharp pains on her left side. After tests and ultrasounds were done, that's when she was diagnosed with an abnormal pregnancy. So what is an ectopic pregnancy? That occurs when a fertilized egg implants and grows outside of the main cavity of the uterus. If left untreated, it can cause life-threatening bleeding for the woman who is pregnant. So this is a really big deal for Carmella. Shout out to her and Corey Graves. Corey Graves has been working and you would never know that this was an issue. But yeah, certainly keep Carmella in your prayers because obviously the body has to recover, but so does the mind as well. And it is really, really a tough, tough spot to be in. So yeah, we're thinking about Carmella and uh, no exact idea of when she'll be returning to the ring, but I think that is secondary compared to what she has been dealing with at this particular point. One other piece of massive news to talk about, and we shared this on the socials with you yesterday, but January the 1st is going to be pretty big. Now, originally January the 1st was going to be day one for the WWE. The WWE canceled day one, and one of the reasons they cited for it was scheduling conflicts. Well, now we know one of the conflicts that was involved, and that would be Shinsuke Nakamura, as he will be taking on the Great Muta on January 1st at Pro Wrestling Noah. So this is big on a lot of levels. It's the first time that we have seen the WWE really kind of open up that forbidden door with an active contracted WWE competitor working in another major promotion. I'll tell you, I think something is happening because Carl Anderson, who is now signed to WWE, still holds a championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this is all really interesting to watch. Now, we heard some people who were saying, is this match too late? 
Well, here's why the match is happening. The great Muda is actually on his retirement tour. And January will be the final month of that tour as he will be retiring at the end of January. So for these two to be able to fight at the Nippon Budokan is crazy in Tokyo, Japan. I also think the timing of it is interesting as it is literally three days before Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's a big, big deal. Shinsuke Nakamura the great Muta. I think we'll be seeing the King of Strong Style actually show up for this one. This is going to be special. And so I hope to be watching. I'm sure you'll hope to be watching as well. Really incredible stuff. Okay, so before we get out of here, I just want to hip you to this. The month of November may be one of the busiest pay-per-view months we have seen in recent memory. As literally every weekend, there is a wrestling pay-per-view. This weekend will be Crown Jewel from the WWE. The following weekend will be NWA Hard Times 3. And then weekend number three will be AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view. And then followed at the end of the month, Thanksgiving weekend, by the WWE's Survivor Series. So a full month of pay-per-view weekends. I hope you're prepared to be a part of them because I think this will be fantastic stuff. Lots of wrestling to converse about. And we will be talking about that for sure. Now, later on in the week, we'll be having conversations to preview crown jewel we'll also get into monday night raw from last night as there was a title change a pretty major title change so we'll talk about what all of that means also to let you know battle slam took place this weekend by the way thank you to all of you who reached out for my birthday which was on saturday I honor and appreciate you guys. It's just amazing to be celebrated and, and to hear such kind words that you guys have had. But I've got a big surprise about Battle Slam that I'll be telling you about uh, in just a little bit. Not today, but in another show during the week. But yeah, be on the lookout for Battle Slam Thriller to hit Fight TV very soon. And I'll share that surprise once we get the date on that. But yeah, something special is happening there. And I want to make sure you guys check it out. All right, with that said, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing Tuesday. Be sure to follow us again at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you've not already done so, head to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied, where you can get our new merch. There's the classic Bet on You t-shirt, and there is the new Five Seconds of Courage t-shirt. Both of those t-shirts really define my pro wrestling career, and I'll be telling you some more stories about that in the days and weeks to come. But head to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Grab yourself a shirt or a couple of shirts they make for great Christmas gifts. Christmas is on the way, so... So be sure to do all of that. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. And we'll see you next time representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner. And this is The Faction. Salute my people. Here we go. Salute my people.